Okay, so we're gonna, last week we talked about how you know when uh, there's a demon in the house or in your shadow or bothering you. Uh, today we're going to talk about angels. We're going to talk about uh, what angels do, how important they are. And, and we're going to dive into it with this scripture right here. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 7. It says that he sends out his angels like the wind. His servants are like flames of fire. So uh, let's start there. And sometimes we can kind of go from point to point to point to point in a message like this and not take an opportunity to kind of imagine what that's like. I mean, these beings are like flames of fire. Just imagine me on fire but not burning. And, and the way the wind blows is how he sends them out in all directions. Um, there's a book called uh, This Present Darkness that I started reading when I was a teenager. I still haven't gotten through it yet because it's like 500 pages. It's a novel. Uh, if you enjoy reading, I highly recommend it. But uh, I recently got uh, a hold of the audio book and the guy who's reading, narrating the book, um, he, he's, he's got a gift. He's just a great voice. But Frank Peretti, the author of the book, I sincerely believe that he's either seen angels and demons or God has anointed his imagination because it is the, the adjectives that he uses, the details that he uh, uses to talk about these spiritual beings um, makes it so easy to imagine what they look like. And so what we did is uh, I, I pulled two audio clips to play for you this morning. They, they don't go together, okay, because I couldn't pick which, which clip to use. One clip is from chapter 4, and it just describes an angel coming uh, from heaven and then beginning to walk on the earth. And then all of a sudden there's, you're going to feel this like jolt because um, the following sentence, is, it doesn't match with what was just said, okay? And that's because I took an, an audio clip out of chapter 14, all right? So the first one is out of like, uh, what did I say? Chap chapter 4, and the other one's out of chapter 14, so they don't go together. But the second one, the second clip out of 14, describes an angel fighting a demon. See, the Bible says that you don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers of the air. So there are angels in this room right now. Um, and uh, when you walk the streets and you're, uh, when you walk around, there are demons everywhere. And there is a war taking place. And so I want to um, step off the stage and play this audio clip, and I hope you enjoy it. A short distance across the campus, but enough distance to be safe, two giant men descended to earth like glimmering bluish-white comets, held aloft by rushing wings that swirled in a blur and burned like lightning. One of them, a huge, burly, black-bearded bull of a man, was quite angry and indignant. 
bellowing and making fierce gestures with a long, gleaming sword. The other was a little smaller and kept looking about with great caution, trying to get his associate to calm down. In a graceful, fiery spiral, they drifted down behind one of the college dormitories and came to rest in the cover of some overhanging willows. The moment their feet touched down, the light from their clothes and bodies began to fade and the shimmering wings gently subsided. Save for their towering stature, they appeared as two ordinary men, one trim and blonde, the other built like a tank, both dressed in what looked like matching tan fatigues. Golden belts had become like dark leather, their scabbards were dull copper, and the glowing bronze bindings on their feet had become simple leather. They tried to grab Triscoll and hold him back. Triscoll had glorified and was a shimmering white. His tattered wings filled the room and glimmered like a thousand rainbows. He held a gleaming sword in his hand, and the sword flashed and sang in blinding arcs as he engaged in a frenzied battle with lust, a hideous demon with a black-scaled slippery body like a lizard and a red tongue that lashed about his face like the tail of a snake. Lust was first defending himself, then lashing back with his glowing red sword, the crescent blade cutting crimson arcs through the air. The swords clashed with explosions of fire and light. Let me be, I tell you! Lust screamed, his wings propelling him like a trapped hornet about the room. Let him be, shouted Creone, trying to hold Triscoll back while staying out of the path of that infinitely sharp blade. Do you hear my order? Let him be! At last Triscoll withdrew, but held his sword steady and kept it raised in the light from the blade illuminating his raging face, his burning eyes. What, what I want you to begin to imagine is what these beings look like, these, these flames of fire. Um, I, I want to see if I can um, bring another scripture to light. It's in Psalms chapter 34, verse 7, where it says, The angel of the Lord surrounds those who fear him and delivers them. So if, if you fear the Lord... now. Fear doesn't mean like, ah, I'm afraid of you. Fear is like you are, you, you, you honor God. You honor Him. You, you love Him and you honor Him. That is a definition, a biblical definition of fear. And so why don't you come on up here real quick. I'm going to show you what that means. Um, stand right here uh, on the stage. And I just want you guys to see, and I want you to stand right here. What I want you to see is as I walk around, I picked him because I live in Texas. My angel has a hat. <laughs> and he's always packing. Um, but the, wherever you go, and just, just follow me, wherever you go, there is an angel that follows you just like this. The Bible says, let me say it again. The angel of the Lord surrounds those who fear him and delivers them. So raise your hand in this room if you fear the Lord. Raise your hand. You fear the Lord. That's you then. So if I could see in the spirit, I would probably faint because there would be flames, people with flames of fire standing above your head just like this. Come on, put your hands together for that. 
Thank you. Um, and I want to just say, for those of you that clap, for those of you that um, uh, sing out loud, there's a reason for that. Um, it's not just because we, we, we like to be rambunctious. Uh, in the book of Acts, this is a total sidebar. In the book of Acts, it says that they came together in one mind and one accord. And then there was a mighty rushing wind. So God waits for people to come in one mind and one accord. And then he does the mighty. Sometimes we want the mighty, but we don't want to do our part. And when we're all singing out loud, when we're all participating, not just spectating, when we're, when we're in one mind and one accord, God says, okay, this is the kind of place that I move. All right? Does that sound good? Say yes. All right. So for those of you in this room, if that's the only thing you grasp, is that you are walking around with an angel of God above you. Um, there's three characteristics that I want to share in regards to angels. Uh, the first one is that they are always present. Always. They're always right here. Uh, if, you're, if you're taking notes today, I'd like for you to write this down. You live in the company of angels. Uh, you live in the company of angels. And if you could see in the spirit of who is with you, you would not care about what stands before you. You would not care. You would not care. You would laugh. You would giggle. You would laugh. If you have a financial challenge. If you could see this being that's a flame of fire, that's a servant of God, you would just smile. Your confidence would be rich. And, and so faith is being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we cannot see. And so when you begin to act with that kind of confidence, even though you can't see that being, all of a sudden the power of God begins to flow in your life. It's just like you push your shoulders back and say, I'm not the bomb, but this guy right here, <laughs> right? This guy right here, he doesn't sleep. He doesn't get weary. You know, I just feel led to say this for somebody that beats yourself up. Um, this is just in my spirit. It's not in my notes. and it doesn't even have anything to do with my message. But there's a scripture I want to share with you. It says that every morning, and I don't know the address because I wasn't planning on sharing it, but the Bible says that every morning, His mercy is fresh and new. Every morning. So for those of you that just feel like you have sinned so much, you've done so many things wrong, this is, how, this is the visual illustration. When you wake up in the morning and you got a fresh gallon of milk, and like sweet, you pour yourself a bowl of cereal, you put the gallon of milk back in the refrigerator. The next day you wake up, you expect to see the gallon of milk missing about that much. But when the gallon of milk is new and fresh every single morning, you open up the refrigerator and it's full again. That, almost like you never poured that bowl of cereal the day before. That's what His mercy is like every morning. It's like you didn't even use it the day before. Isn't God good? Say yes. Come on. Come on. Let's give him a round of applause. I don't know who that was for, but I just wanted to share it with you. Angels are always present. Second Kings chapter 6, there was a man named Elisha. 
and Elisha woke up in the morning and his, his, his servant woke him. And he said they were under attack from this army. I don't have time to go into the wise, But he said, we're surrounded. People with horses and chariots were surrounded. And Elisha looked up to the heavens and he said, God, let him see what I see. And all of a sudden, God pulled the blinders back off of his eyes. And they were in a valley. And all of a sudden, the servant looked up and all the way around him on the hilltops were standing flames of fire. People, flames of fire. Their chariots were afire. And so the enemy that was surrounding them were surrounded by God. And so I just want you to know, they are always present. The Bible talks about a wall of fire that he puts around his children. A hedge of protection Think about if you live in an apartment or you live in a house and there's bushes around your building or around your house. That's a hedge. That's a hedge. Just think about a hedge of protection around your house, around you. The enemy cannot do anything without permission. So whatever's happening in your life, you just back up and say, he's got about that much permission to mess with me, to strengthen me. Every battle that is allowed into your life is allowed with a purpose because every season that you're in prepares you for the next season that's coming. Come on, put your hands together for that. Angels serve and defend. Raise your hand if you have any children. Raise your hand if you have any children, okay? This may be your favorite verse. This is in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. It talks about, I'm going to give you the Frankie International Version. I don't know what that says. But uh, angels are servants of God sent to bless the heirs of salvation. That, that's who angels are. So they're flames of fire. They get sent out like the wind. Brittany, I love having you in service. Praise God. You're always helping us somewhere in the building. I, I love that you're here. Um, but these flames of fire, their assignment is to bless the heirs of salvation. And so if you have children, you memorize that scripture, Hebrews 1.14. And you say, God, I don't know where my son is. I don't know where my daughter is. I don't know what they're doing right now. But I need you to send out your servant to bless these people. Do you know whenever I pray for you during the week, this is what I say. God, I don't know where they're at. I don't know if they're working. I don't know if they're driving. This is exactly what, I don't know if they're in their house. But I need you to send out your servants right now. Send them out. Go find them. Go find them. And just let them bless them. Just walk up and bless them. That's my next point. Is that they strengthen you. Um, uh, actually, it's my third point. They strengthen you. This is what I imagine. See, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, He had so much stress and anxiety because He's going to be crucified the next day. And all of a sudden, an angel shows up and begins to bless Jesus and strengthen Jesus. Angels did that whenever he was being tempted for 40 days and 40 nights at the very at three years earlier. And so whenever I pray for you, I imagine angels just showing up and just laying their hands on you. You're in your car, they're sitting in the back seat. 
you're in your house or laying a, you're in a meeting, all of a sudden an angel shows up and just lays it. God, your servants. And the, the, the coolest thing is to quote a scripture, even if you only memorize two or three. That's good. Um, I have a, um, a, a five-year-old little girl. And, and sometimes we'll be around other people and she'll say, do you remember what you said, daddy? And my first time, I'm like, oh, God, oh, God, because I don't know what I said. I don't know what she's about to refer to. Do you remember what we did last night? And I'm like, oh, we're standing in front of church people. I don't know what you're about to refer to, but are you about to embarrass the whole family? Because when she says, do you remember what you said? I get scared because I can't remember what I said. Or here's another one. Have you ever had your kids say, you promised? Oh, geez. Now, if I promise, one time I had to go back to Target at like 930 because I promised my son I'd get him a toy that day. I, pro- I got to go all the way back to Target to get you some, you know, Nerf gun. Uh, you promised. When you bring up a scripture, that's what you're doing. Your prayers are powerful. But when you say to God, your servants, they are to go to the heirs of salvation. Go. I don't know where they're at. Find them. Find them. Find them. And just seven verses earlier, he says that they, he sends them out like the wind. Send them out. Send them out. Somebody put your hands together for that. In 2 Kings... In 2 Kings, the three points, if you're taking notes, angels are always present. Angels serve and defend. Angels will strengthen you. In 2 Kings, it talks about, 2 Kings chapter 2, it talks about this man named Elijah. Elijah was this man of God, and Elisha wanted an anointing like his. He wanted to be able to do miracles like his. And so for three years, Elisha followed him around. Um, Three years. And he said to Elisha, he goes, if you see me go to heaven, if you see me, because he didn't die, he, he he just went to heaven. It's like God came and picked him up with a chariot, which would be pretty, that'd be a cool way to go, right? Deuces, baby. Um, It's, it's. He goes, if you see me go up, then you'll receive my anointing. So he's going up. The chariot came. And the mantle on Elijah's shoulders, it, it came falling down like a flag. So Elisha picks up the mantle. And he puts it on. I'll bet you a dollar to a donut. Now, I read this in Smith, Smith Wigglesworth's book, Ever Increasing Faith. But when he said it, I just thought, he didn't say a dollar to a donut. I said dollar to a donut. But he, this is what he said. He goes, chances are Elisha did not feel any different when he picked up that mantle. It's not like he picked up that mantle, that piece of clothing is like... Chances are he just felt like any other person. He just, like he did the day before. He picked up the mantle and he put it on. And he's leaving. And he comes up to this river Jordan and he needs to cross the river. And he remembers when they came on this side of the river, Elijah 
took his mantle and smote the river and it parted and they walked across. So now Elijah is gone. Elisha has the mantle. But he doesn't feel any different. And so he's, well, let's find out. And he smites the river and it parts and he walks through. The point of the story is you will not know that you have a gift until you step out on faith to find out if it's there. You're not going to know. Over, over the last five months, I keep saying four, it might be six, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June. Eight months. My goodness, I've been saying four for three months. <laughs> over, the last, over the last eight months, since November, December, um, miracles have been happening. People have been getting healed. But what's so interesting is sometimes people get healed, and not everybody that comes gets healed. But people get healed every Sunday. Um, but sometimes it happens when the prayer partners are praying for them. Sometimes it happens while people are just in their seat. And a few times I've been honored to be a part of it. Where I've gotten to pray for somebody and their backbone moves or, or the bone in their arm moves. Um, but you know what's interesting is I don't feel anointing. I've read stories where people's hands get on fire. That's never happened to me. I feel just like I did when I ate my Fruit Loops this morning. I don't. I just feel like Frankie, me. But God's power moves. You will not know if God's power is going to move until you step out on faith. You you may have the greatest healing anointing on your life um, that anyone has ever had, and you don't even know it because you haven't prayed for anybody sick. Um, and I'll tell you, if you pray for nobody, nobody's going to get healed. And, and if you say, well, I don't know if any, I'm going to tell you, nobody's going to get healed. But if you pray for 10 people, I'm going to tell you, especially if you pray here, uh, there's an anointing here, people will get healed. Um, I, I want, I, I love to share testimonies of somebody that got healed recently at Celebration. Usually I like to share a testimony of somebody that got healed last week, but they're all starting to stack on top of each other. So we're just grabbing them. If you get healed at Celebration and you don't shoot us an email and tell us about it, um, and you don't tell your friends about it, you're stealing God's glory. If I stand up here and I try to take credit for it, I'm stealing His glory. We have got to give God His glory. Somebody say amen to that. Come on. Um, Troy, where are you at, Troy? Troy, come on up here. Uh, he did such a great job in the first service. We're going to work him today because we're going to have him share his story three times. But it's so powerful because um, uh, of, of just the way it happened. Uh, Troy, tell everybody um, what took place. My first time to come to Celebration Church was February 24th. And uh, Randy Clark was here that day. I came to both services with expectations that I was going to get healed, but the first service that morning, I did not get healed. So I decided I was going to come back that same afternoon. And during that service, uh, Randy was standing right over here, and he was very, very specific. And he said, there's someone here. I've got a word of knowledge, is what he said, uh, which said to me, he's heard from God. 
And uh, he said, there's someone here that has metal in your arm. And he did exactly like that. And that's exactly where my metal is, and that's exactly how long the piece is. And he said, now I'm going to be real specific. He said, right now you're having some pain. And it's not just anywhere on your wrist. It's right here. And he did exactly that. So I'm getting excited because that's me. And he said, if that's you, God has given a word of knowledge. You're going to be healed today. I want you to stand up. I jumped out of my chair. And God healed me. On Mother's Day, I came back, and, and I didn't tell you this earlier, but uh, I came back, and I was sitting right over here with my wife. And during the song service, I felt something so unusual I've never felt before, and there was a, a tremendous, uh, like a severe tingling going through my whole body. And uh, after we left the service on the way home, my wife told me, I told her about it, and she said, that happened to me too. <laughs> So I don't know what God's doing in her life, but we discussed it on the way home. And all I know is I'm glad I came to Celebration Church on February 24th. But that day, um, I was sitting there, and Pastor Frankie was preaching, and he said very specifically, if you have 100% proof that you've got an issue, you've got an x-ray, et cetera, et cetera, well, I do. And my neck, I have a deteriorating or had a deteriorating neck. Uh, for 25 years, and it was very painful and uncomfortable. And um, um, about 10 minutes later, uh, as he's preaching, I felt something touch me right here. It was on my right arm in the little, what I call the little hollow of that area. And something shot through my shoulder blades. And then my shoulder uh, began to get extremely hot I was wearing this same jacket that day because my, my wife gets cold and so I wear a jacket for her, really. But anyway, I'm sitting over here and I lean over to her and I said, uh, Kimberly, I want you to put your hand on my right shoulder. Tell me if you notice anything unusual. And she touched my shoulder and she said, it is, it is so hot, you're burning up. So I didn't know what was going on, but I knew God's doing something. And then at the end of the service, Pastor Frankie said, if you've got an issue with a spine issue or a vertebrae issue, come down here and I want to pray for you. And I was the last one he prayed for that day. But I remember as he started praying, I began to weep. Because God was healing me. Uh, praise the Lord. I'd like everybody to stand to our feet for me, please. I tell you, um, we're in this season right now, and I tell you, I get, I get so nervous coming up to Sunday. I get so nervous. I'm nervous right now because I've been speaking and teaching, preaching, whatever you want to call it, for 22 years. I've been doing this full time for the exception of, I think, like six months. Um, for 22 years. And so I don't get nervous. I've been doing this forever. But the reason why I get nervous now 
is I know at the end of every service we're going to go for healing. And and I'm either going to look stupid in front of everybody or God's going to do a miracle. There's no third option. <laughs> There's no third option. It's either this one or this one. And if you can see in my stomach right now, I got a, a bowling ball in there because I'm either going to look stupid or God's going to move. But I've got the confidence that I have prayed so much this week that God's going to back me up. Uh, that God's going to back me up. In the first service, I felt like I had a word of knowledge. I had two words of knowledge that God wanted to heal one person in this particular area and then God wanted to heal another person in this particular area. So I said, raise your hand if this is you. And, and the first person, the first person, uh, or the, uh, the first word of knowledge, someone raised their hand. I thought, thank you, Jesus. The second person, nobody raised their hand. That means God spoke to me on the first one. And the second one, that wasn't God, that was me. And, and sometimes it was me. And we, we're going to find out straight away whether it was me or whether it was God. And the person that it was them, the first person, they came down and they were healed immediately. But we're either the name of Jesus has power and it still has power today or it doesn't. And if it does, which I know it does, then we're going to give him an opportunity to move. Is anyone excited about that? Come on, put your hands together. So I, I want um, I want our prayer partners to come down because many of the healings that take place take place right here with our prayer partners. And um, but while they're coming down, I want to pray over this room corporately. And uh, I'm just going to believe that God is going to touch people without anybody praying for them. And, and you'll know that the Lord's touching you because you'll be able to do something you couldn't do before without hurting. You may feel a tingling. You may feel a warmth. It's different for everybody. But I'll say this. If you get healed today, email the church and tell us about it. Email the church and tell us about it. So well, I don't want to give a testimony. Look, we get so many emails we have a lot of options. The important thing is, is that you testify that not only just you in an email to the church, but you tell your friends and your family about it. But I tell you who I want to pray for today. I've never prayed for this category before, but I feel like God wants to bless these people. And in this, usually whenever I pray for a particular category, we know instantly whether they got healed because it's, it's a bone, or and that's what took place this morning. And to be honest with you, that's the people that I like to pray for because we either struck out or we got it. But I want to pray for people that a doctor, not your feeling pain, a doctor told you that one of your organs between your waist and your chest right here that something is going on inside here that is not well and you're nervous. A doctor told you, okay? Now, if you just like, man, I feel pain. I don't want to pray for, I don't, you come down to a prayer partner. But a doctor told you 
that something is not right. Maybe they found cancer. Maybe it's, there's bleeding. Maybe there's something. I want to pray for you personally. And I would like for you to uh, come down here and stand right here. Now, while I'm praying, God may touch you while you're walking down here. He's already proven to me that he does not need me. He's already proven to me. He doesn't need me. Am I talking, am I talking to you? Beautiful. Beautiful. Is there anyone else that fits in this category? You. Two of you. Three of you. A doctor told you, right? Right in this category. Now, if it's your leg, your back, your arm, uh, that's not who I feel compelled to pray for. But right here. Now, if you, you're in this room, you're like, hey, a crowd this big, they're going to have somebody. Look, every Sunday it's different. God has an appointment with these people. They have, he has an appointment with them this morning. He has an appointment with them. Uh, Lord Jesus, we love you. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, move in this room right now. Move in this room. Begin to touch people. Begin to touch the top of their head. Begin to touch the top of their head. Begin to touch the top of their head. Begin to heal them, Father, right now, right where they're at, whatever they need. If your heart is not right with God, I want you to come down here and take the hand of a prayer partner and tell my life is not right. And get your life right with the Lord. In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, move in this place. In Jesus' name.